Welcome in to First Take, your take on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and also simulcast on ESPN News. I'm Jonathan Hood, in for Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, quoting your home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. Glad that you're in today. Don't forget you can uh, follow me on Twitter at TweetJHood and at ESPN Radio. Our big overarching topic for First Take Your Take is regarding Dak Prescott. Of course, it's the Cowboys and whether that Prescott's going to get paid or not. The question is, can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? That's the bigger question than, is he going to get tagged? Is he going to get a Mahomes-like deal? Because ultimately, we have to focus on the field. As polarizing as the Cowboys are, some are for, some are against the Cowboys, but either way, people are talking about them because of Jerry Jones, because of Jerry World. And so we're asking your thoughts about Dak Prescott. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Can the Cowboys win with Dak Prescott as their uh, quarterback? We're talking to you about that right here on First Take, Your Take. Another story is regarding Miles Garrett. The Browns finalized a massive Five-year extension worth $125 million with uh, their star pass rusher, Miles Garrett. Uh, the deal is worth a total of $144 million over seven years. That would make Garrett the highest-paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. And so the last time that we thought about Miles Garrett long form was... Uh, what happened where Garrett had 10 sacks in 10 games last season. He was on his way to yet another, you know, quality year for someone who's 24 years of age. He was suspended the final six games of the season for hitting Mason Rudolph, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, uh, and using uh, his own helmet in a skirmish to uh, the end of their game back on November 14th. The NFL reinstated Garrett in February. So we know on the field he's a dominant pass rusher. But he was involved in that skirmish, that incident with Mason Rudolph. Garrett thought that he heard a racial slur coming from Mason Rudolph, so he started to swing. And and so that is an incident that happened to, with Miles Garrett. It should not define him. I think that we can look at the resume and say, boy, he can really play. And then, oh, that fight, man, is he is he someone that's going to go off every time that he hears a racial slur or something happens on the field? It was one of those most really ugly low life you know low light incidents that happened in the nfl last year you don't want to see players fighting out there a guy's got a a helmet and he's swinging because he heard a racial uh, epithet something that he did not want to hear and and so the thing is is that now people look at garrett and wonder okay so is he a problem player is he someone that's gonna fly off the handle and do this again and then you wonder from the brown standpoint is the juice worth the squeeze when it comes to garrett i say it is yeah you want to have this player in place yeah you know that he can be a cornerstone for your franchise for years to come they paid him like that he's gonna be with the franchise but i don't believe that the garrett incident is just the period on the sentence of his career. It's part of the resume, but it's not exactly who he is moving forward. Unless, unless there's something else that happens where he flies off the handle. So a big conversation day on first take and the big picture topic was how confident are you that Miles Garrett will avoid future incidents? So Stephen A. Uh, has no concerns about Garrett and hopes that he's learned from what happened with Mason Rudolph. Uh, so the conversation is with Stephen A. and Max Kellerman and Lewis Riddick regarding uh, Miles Garrett. I'm very confident because I don't think he's a stupid guy. 
Uh, the fact of the matter is it was very, very foolish and irresponsible for him to do what he did. I thought that the suspension, in the interest of full disclosure, if we recall, I thought that the suspension should have been longer. I wasn't saying like a full season or anything like that, but I thought at least a few games into this upcoming season just to remind everybody that that's certainly something you can't tolerate. You can't take off a quarterback's helmet and then swing it and connect with his head. You cannot do that, even though to some degree it was instigated by that quarterback. Nevertheless, Miles Jarrett uh, lost his way, um, and it was foolish of him to do, and it was a very dangerous thing for him to do, and you've got to set the the example if you're the National Football League, not just by suspending him for that season, but a few games into this season. But I ain't blind. He's 24 years of age. He's had 23 and a half sacks the last two seasons um, in the National Football League. He's only entering his fourth year. Again, he's 24 years of age. Uh, He is a superstar in the making in terms of his position. I mean, outside of Aaron Donald, who are we not going to mention his name in the same breath as. And so when you look at it from that perspective, combined with what the Cleveland Browns are trying to build there, you got a new coach in Stefanski, you got a new GM in Berry, you've got Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry there, um, and those boys with uh, with, with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback, with Chubb and and uh, uh, Hunt as your, as your running backs. You're loaded and you can make things happen potentially. You don't look at a young line like this and hold that against them into perpetuity and allow this to stain his career. You let others do that, but you as an organization that has his rights and has him wearing your uniform, you take care of him to the best of your abilities because this guy is going to help you win football games. And by the way, I think it was a one-time incident. I don't consider him to be somebody that would be stupid enough to do something like this again. We move on. We forgive. We don't forget, but we forgive and we move forward forward and give an opportunity for this guy to have a second chance to redeem himself. I'm totally in support of it. I think he's worth every penny, and I'm glad he got the money. Um, Sure. I'm happy for him that he got paid. He deserves it as a player. And recall that I defended him. It's like the only one, really. You did. One of few who defended him in the Mason Rudolph incident. I felt Mason Rudolph instigated. I thought he then um, uh, continued to do it, raised the stakes the whole thing. And I, in fact, was that was not a popular stance to take. Um, so I, it's not that I think what 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 Miles Garrett did eliminates him from, you know, huge contracts in the future. And I think he earned his on the field. But to say that I'm totally confident he'll never have another incident. No, I'm not. And the reason is not just the Mason Rudolph incident. Let me start by saying, yes, Miles Garrett's smart. You hear him talk. You see, you see he's an intelligent guy. He is cultured. He is he he has interests other than football and and is a cerebral guy. Those things are all true. But we are all human beings with impulses, with lesser impulses. And some of us and it's not always connected to how smart you are or how cultured you are, have a problem controlling those impulses in the moment of truth. He may be one of those guys because it's not like he didn't already have a reputation as being somewhat dirty. Recall the Trevor Simeon incident against the Jets, right? He had multiple penalties called against him and ended Simeon's season. So afterwards, he was like, look, people on this team, people who know me in this locker room, they know what I'm about. It's true. If you talk to Miles Garrett, I'm sure, and you hear him in interviews, you see that what he, that, that he's, he's considerate and he is introspective and he knows right from wrong, clearly. That's different than a guy who, like, is a hothead or a guy who, in those moments, the, the impulse gets the better of him. 
We've seen that, all of us. That's been true of all of us. But we've seen that from <coughs> Miles Garrett in highly public incidents so far. He was not chastened by the Simeon incident because then the Mason Rudolph incident happened. We'll see if he's chastened by this. This was so public and the, and the, the outcry was so great that perhaps it will. But it's one thing to understand something intellectually and it's another, another thing to change emotionally. I would be a little wary were I the Browns. Yeah, I, I would say I'm hopeful that he'll, he'll avoid similar incidents, you know, in the future. Because, look, obviously that, that was something, and just to go on the record myself and say, look, I, that was something that I was very disturbed by when I saw it. And, look, I, I played the game at that level. I understand that emotions run high. I understand that sometimes you have thoughts in your head when you're playing the game that, you know what, you, you wouldn't necessarily want to have everyone else know what you're thinking in the kind of mind, you know, mind frame that you put yourself in in order to play the game at the professional level. That still doesn't excuse you swinging what ultimately what amounts to a weapon at someone's exposed head. That just doesn't excuse that. So I guess in that regard, I think going forward, I would hope that Miles has reviewed the situation enough and talked to enough people about it and kind of looked inside himself enough to say, hey, look, that's something I can't ever repeat again. And I would hope and I would assume, obviously, that Jimmy and D has on the owners of the Cleveland Browns, given the investment that they have made in Miles and the way in which they have stood behind him from day one up until now when they are giving him a contract that is obviously very, very rich and very, very market-setting in terms of how you would characterize it, I would hope that they have vetted this situation to the point where they reasonably can deduce that Miles won't engage in this kind of behavior going forward again unless there's something that they don't know. Can you ever just absolutely guarantee it? No, Max, and you laid that out. But obviously, well, I mean, you know what? The game is about managing risk. It's about managing risk on the field. It's about managing risk when you're signing people to contracts. Mm -hmm. Look, Miles has earned this. I mean, he is a, a he's truly an elite player. He has 30 and a half sacks in 37 games played, 32 tackles for loss. That's enough said right there. And, and Stephen, hey, as you said, he's 24 years old. He's still going to get better. So a great conversation there. Um, you know, because I, I think that that's one of the best conversations that we've heard on our first take uh, for this episode on uh, this Wednesday, uh, going back and forth about Miles Garrett. I, he's a terrific player. And, and I just don't think that this incident defines him. It's not the period at the end of the sentence. As we do this on first take, your take, Jonathan Lynn for Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and also on uh, uh, ESPN News. We turn to Emmett Golden, afternoon show host for ESPN Cleveland, also part of our ESPN Radio family. Emmett joins us here on first take, your take. Emmett, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I want I want to get your thoughts uh, first about Miles Garrett. I, I've been saying that. You know, the incident that happened with Pittsburgh was unfortunate. Uh, he was suspended and learned from it. Uh, when you uh, heard about his new deal that was signed by Cleveland, what was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was, man, it didn't feel like half a billion that, um, that, uh, that Mahomes got. Mm -hmm. um, when, when you look at $125 million, I felt like, hey, maybe Miles could get a little little more than that. I'm sure that his agent um, enjoys hearing that. But, uh, you know, kind of reference the major situation that definitely was out of character for Miles Garrett, and I know that's the last time that we saw him on the field. And many people go, "How can you reward a guy who did something like that?" Uh, Miles Garrett, from what I know of him and been around him a lot, being here in Cleveland and covering the team, he is one of the most uh, spoken gentlemen, um, one of the nicest guys. Whether he's you know interacting with his teammates or interacting with kids and fans. 
uh, around training camp and around the stadium. So I completely understand why the Browns decided to give him this extension. At night, doesn't fully represent who Miles Garrett is, and I think who he will be going forward in his life. Emmett, uh, let, we're going to uh, reconnect here because your line is, is not great. But I'm, from uh, what I gleaned from our, what you told us is that uh, that Garrett is a, a really good player on and off the field, uh, especially off the field, because that does matter, uh, especially in the community. And so um, he is when you look at that deal. Yeah, it's it's, a I think, a terrific deal uh, for the Browns, but it just solidifies the building blocks and the cornerstones for this franchise. You know, like when it comes to Cleveland, when I look at this team on both sides of the football, uh, I I believe that this team should be a playoff team, but everything is is based on Baker Mayfield. Um, Let's go back and talk to Emmett about this, you know, with the, the Garrett deal. So, Emmett, what does that say about the organization? Because um, there's a commitment to winning by having Garrett in place. So, as you look at the organization now, what does that deal say for the organization moving forward? Yeah, that's not going to work. Emmett Golden uh, from ESPN Cleveland, we appreciate his time. That that, uh, But um, from what I can understand there, I believe Emmett was, say, uh, was saying that. So I believe that that's what we got from it. So we will go. Uh, let me just tell you uh, when it comes to uh, the issue with uh, Baker Mayfield and the Browns. You know, we talked so much about the Cowboys and what the Cowboys uh, will bring um, uh, to the table for this upcoming season, whether or not Dak Prescott's going to get paid. Here's here's what I look at with the Browns. The Browns lost 43-13 to on opening day against the Tennessee Titans, and it, it never got much better. Um, they finished 6-10 and under Freddie Kitchens. And on paper, the Browns should be playoff contenders. Mayfield has obvious talent. Not many teams have a group of skill position players like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. Again, on paper, when you look at a depth chart, man, that that looks like a a terrific team. Uh, The offensive line could be one of the NFL's best. Everything I read, um, you look at what he's brought to the table, what the Browns bring to the table for that offensive line. They still have a lot of highly drafted talent on defense. Um, but the Browns fired Kitchens, and they hired Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski was the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. But here's a number that really is stunning, right? Incredibly, Stefanski will be the Browns' ninth coach in 13 seasons. Ninth coach in 13 seasons, counting the 2018 interim coach, Greg Williams. So, see, all, see you take a look at the Browns, right? And you think, oh, they, all they need is a head coach, a new head coach. Nine coaches in 13 seasons. And something else that might be startling is that Stefanski, even though in name and what he did with the Vikings is is good, um, now that he's the head coach for the Browns, Stefanski doesn't have all that much more experience than Kitchens. And he took over the Minnesota Vikings uh, coordinator spot late in 2018. He has never been a coordinator before that. He had a fine 2019 uh, season running the offense for the Vikings, but Kitchens was good in 2018. There's a, a scary parallel there where Stefanski feels fresh. It feels new. But at the same time, Kitchens also had a terrific year in 2018 with the Browns and say, oh, you can say, well, oh, that's different. Well, to me, if the Browns underachieve, it's on the offense. Specifically, it's on Baker Mayfield. 
When you have nine coaches in 13 seasons and Baker's had a number of coaches that he's had to deal with. Okay. So at some point it's got to be on the quarterback. As we turn to Emmett Golder from ESPN Cleveland, Emmett, I, I just look at the Browns organization. Miles Garrett uh, having uh, the, the signing from him is great, but I really believe that when you look at both sides of the football, there's quality on both sides of the football for the Browns. But if the Browns underachieve, was it time to look at Baker Mayfield? Oh, you have to look at them right now. Like, this is the year. You know, last year was you could dismiss it and go, you know what, you had a guy in Freddie Kitchen that maybe got over uh, over his skis a little bit, right, um, that, you know, was known to be a play caller but didn't seem like he really stuck to his game plan week in and week out. Well, Kevin Stefanski, you've seen him and what he's been able to do in Minnesota. So you look at the talent that they have and the talent that has been brought in this season, there's no reason for Baker Mayfield to not – producing for the Cleveland Browns to not play well and if they're not playing well you're going to either look at the head coach or you're going to look at the quarterback because you got two stud receivers one of the best running backs in the NFL a really good tight end and the defense is pretty solid as well so it is definitely time this is a year for Baker Mayfield he will decide whether he gets a big contract from the Cleveland Browns depending on how he plays this year. Emmett Golden from ESPN Cleveland with me Jonathan Hood on first take your take is I'm in for Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio and ESPN News presented by Progressive Insurance. So what I was asking you uh, before, Emmett, it was just talking about the state of the organization. When you look at Miles Garrett and and you were mentioning earlier about uh, the kind of person that he is on and off the field, was it safe for the Browns organization that they have locked in Garrett as a cornerstone for the franchise? Well, I think it means that they fully support him and um, and everything he said that happened against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Mason Rudolph, and also feel like they believe that that that's not Miles Garrett and anybody that's been here in Cleveland and, and had an opportunity to cover and be around Miles you realize it I mean he was Miles Garrett is a gentleman that had a fan punch him in the face one day and he didn't retaliate so if he's able to show you know that type of self-control um, off the field then you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt of saying you know what it was a really bad night and they obviously um, believe the accusations that he made against uh, Mason Rudolph so He's a talent. Nobody can deny that. Uh, the Miles Garrett I know is a solid, good person, and I think the Browns believe that as well. Emmett, I'm glad you spent some time. I just want to get your perspective because along with the Dak Prescott uh, news or lack of news regarding his deal, the Miles Garrett really resonates in a big way. So uh, Browns in the playoffs this year, right? Right? Oh, no doubt about it. No no question. No question. I might fly back to Vegas and put another 100 bucks on them to make the Super Bowl like I did last year. <laughs> and what about the year before that? The year before that? The year before that? Uh, well, you know, it, it, I, it hasn't been a wise investment for me, but what can I say? I kind of bleed brown and orange. I can't help it. Okay. We need to see a doctor for that. Emmett, as always, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. I'm going to go throw my phone away now. Okay. Evan Golden uh, from ESPN Cleveland with us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, again, our phone lines are open, 888-729-3776, say ESPN. Can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? That's one of our, our big topics today on First Take, Your Take. Uh, we'll talk about Jimmy Butler as well. Jimmy Butler wants nothing on the back of his jersey, and we'll hear First Take weigh in on that uh, next Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like your mom, when you fill out really, really important paperwork on the first day of a new job. Name, check, birthday, social security, is that a thing? 
Hey, Mom, what is my social security number? Mom? 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 Okay, let's guess. Uh, zero, zero, one, seven. Oh, Gemini. Hashtag. Done. Geico. Always there for you with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents. Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. That's why we created Eno, the Capital One assistant that looks out for surprise credit card charges like over-tipping, duplicate charges, or potential fraud, then sends an alert to your phone and helps if you need to fix them. Another way Capital One is watching out for your money when you're not. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details. First take, your take on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Jonathan Hood in for Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests we're going to have, they appeared on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Our big topic of the day is regarding Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. If you are against the Cowboys, if you're for the Cowboys, or if you find it an interesting story, Dak Prescott could be able to have a big deal or he could be getting the franchise tag. And when Adam uh, Schefter as well as Chris Mortensen tell us that more than likely it's going to be the franchise tag for Dak Prescott, I believe them. And I believe that Dak Prescott is one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. And we know for sure that in the NFL, it is about trying to get right offensively, trying to get the best you can. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is at the top of the list with Kansas City. And and I go back to the Mike Sando piece from TheAthletic.com. A year ago, almost to the date, he's always been very good when he worked uh, for us here at ESPN and now uh, at TheAthletic.com talking about tiers when it comes to quarterbacks. And in that top tier, he had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. Um, he talked about Philip Rivers and, and Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, as far as tier one quarterbacks, based on his conversations with uh, executives around the league. In that tier two, again, we're talking about a year ago um, last year, um, Matt Ryan was on this list. Carson Wentz was a tier two quarterback. Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield was on that list. Tier three was Cousins, and it was uh, Cam Newton, who's now with uh, New England, and Dak Prescott. And a couple of quotes from this when it comes to Dak Prescott. You know, when they got Amari Cooper, he really ascended. So one guy said, uh, throw in an offensive line, the running back, and then add Randall Cobb in the slot. I think he could be a tier two quarterback, and that could be a low number. I could see him, him winning 12 or 13 games and having people come back and saying, oh, he's closer to being a number one. Those are just some of the executives around the league on off the record um, talking about Dak Prescott. And so I think he's better than a, a tier three quarterback. I think he's a, top, a tiered two quarterback, but it's all about winning more than just Washington and the Giants. He's just got to continue to get better. The The contract situation does not resonate with me as much as it does for some. Like, when's Dak going to get his money? Is he going to get money? That's, you know, the negotiations are what they are. Now, I've been through them. A number of people I know have gone through them. It's going to happen. Jerry Jones is a master negotiator, as you and I both know. This time last year, I was doing shows talking about Zeke. Whether or not Zeke Elliott's going to get paid. Did Zeke get paid? Yes. And the same thing will happen with Dak. It's much ado about nothing when it comes to the contract situation. What it comes down to is on the field. Can Dak get it done on the field? Can the offense get it done on the field? Because in this league, it's about trying to get the best out of your quarterback and your offense to be as as powerful and as productive as possible. And I don't know why uh, Dak Prescott can't get that done. How come the offense can't get it done? 
I know Dak is probably just like, wow, every time I look around, people are talking about my contract. Well, really, the focus has to be on the field. And that's why I'm asking you the question, can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak as their quarterback? It's going to be a deal that's more than likely four or five years, maybe longer than that, depending on what they come up with. But Dak is going to be the quarterback moving forward. There's no, there's, I mean, the, the Cowboys are not going to tank to try to get Trevor Lawrence or you know, someone else out of, the, out of the college ranks. It's going to be Dak. And, and they just have to have build weapons around him. It's a good team. Is it good enough to get to the Super Bowl in the next, say, two, three years? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Also still to come, some thoughts about Jimmy Butler and why he's choosing not to put a message on his jersey. Let's go to the phone lines to talk to you, Brad in Illinois, with Jonathan Hood on First Take, your take on ESPN Radio. Hey, Brad. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So, can they get to? Can they win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? The short answer is yes. I think if you can win a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. I think you can win one with Dak Prescott. But I think the better question is, can Dak go out and get you a Super Bowl? And that's where I think the question is, because to me, in my opinion, all he's proven is that he can dominate a mostly rebuilding division and get you to the playoffs. But when it comes down to actual crunch time and him having to put the team on his shoulders, I haven't seen that. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be based off the, the weapons he has, a receiver, how Zeke is, and how they can rebuild that defense. And that's what's going to uh, get him over the hump. Glad you checked in, Brad. Appreciate your phone call. Leaves line open, 888-729-3776 is our phone number. Atlanta, Georgia, here is Sideline Mike on ESPN Radio. Hey, Sideline. What's cracking, Mike? Now you gotta understand, man. I'm a I'm a long suffering Falcon hater. I thought <laughs> I, I I left the Falcons in 1981 when the Dallas Cowboys came back from 17 down in a playoff game. And you gotta understand, being from Atlanta, as trash as our team was since they've been here, when you had the blackout rule. If the Falcons were at home, we wouldn't watch the game. We, you, you couldn't see the game. You know, right. we love when they went on the road. And when you look at this part of the world, there's a reason why you're either a Redskin or a Cowboy fan, you're a Steeler or a Miami Dolphin fan. Okay, that's what you saw during the week the team was playing at home. So when you look at me being a Cowboy fan, and I look at what Jerry Jones has done with his team, I look at his philosophy, I look at the coaches he's hired, I look at the whole thing. The football gods are not giving him anything else. I got a 27-year-old son and a a child about to be 21 on tomorrow that have never seen the Cowboys do anything in their entire life. And this is karma. It's the football gods. Dak Prescott can win a Super Bowl. But it comes down to coaching, philosophy, play calling. When you had the best offensive line in the game, you couldn't get anything. Your defense couldn't stop nobody. You just think about how many leads they gave up in playoff games before Dak was even the quarterback. So you, the Dallas Cowboys, being my team, will not win a Super Bowl. I don't care who the quarterback is as long as Jared Jones owns this team. Have a- All right. I'm glad you checked in, sideline. I appreciate your telephone call. You know, and, and we talk about polarizing, not just the organization, but Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is there as – General manager, owner, the guy that pops the popcorn, parks the cars. He wants to be that guy at the top of the heap. He's always been that guy. And for the average Cowboy fan that I know, just like sideline Mike there, same thing. They are just 
not happy that Jerry Jones is running things, not just as the owner, but just, just has his hands in the pie when it comes to the draft and when it comes to free agency and being the money guy. But this is who he is. I mean, to me, it's either blank or get off the pot if you're a Cowboys fan. If you don't like Jerry Jones, then maybe you shouldn't be a Cowboys fan. It's as simple as that. Like, that's not changing. He's going to preside over that team as long as he wants to and, and have his own press conference before his head coach has a press conference uh, on ga- uh, after games. It, it, this is who he is. So it, it's, it's kind of like if you're a longtime fan of the star, a big fan of the Dallas Cowboys, you know that Jerry Jones comes with that. And if you consider that baggage, then you have to go along with it. And if not, then root for another team. Simple as that. There's a lot of teams around the NFL where fans are fans of teams and maybe not fans of ownership, but this is what it is. You know, it's part of being a fan, which you have to endure. 888-SAY-ESPN is our phone number of Philadelphia. Here's Philly Carl on First Take, Your Take with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN Radio. Hey, Philly. Hey, what's going on, man? Look, the first thing I'm going to say is the Cowboys will never win another Super Bowl because of the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to address, man, I did not like First Take at all today because I don't like the angles that Stephen A. took as far as saying that, you know, Miles should be suspended longer. And I don't – here's the thing, and I want people to YouTube this if they don't believe me. The dirtiest hit I've seen in the last five years is when that player was on the sideline face down and Gronk dropped an elbow to the back of his head. Nobody ever calls Gronk a dirty player and they don't bring it up. So the question I'm asking you is why do they continuously even try to suggest that Miles might be dirty – and in, why do they do that? And they and they act like the dirtiest hit they didn't see was Gronk to the back of the head of a defensive player, and it's not even talked about. Well, let, let me tell you why, and I appreciate your your telephone call because it's flavor of the moment. It's not like we've never seen chaos on the, on the field of play before. It's flavor of the moment, and people look at Miles Garrett and believe that that's the period at the end of the sentence, and I totally disagree with that. Um, it, it, I can't sit here and tell you that he's okay, everything's going to be fine because that action is wrong. We have to call it out the way we see it. Everybody sees that that was wrong. If there, if someone, if he was called the N word, if he was, if, if there was something racially that uh, that was said to him, uh, then if he reacts that way, it's like okay, you know, he's going after Mason Rudolph. He's going after the Steelers for what was said. But to suggest that he's not deserving of the money or it's a head scratcher, why would you sign that? Did you? He signed the deal, and they signed him because he's a really solid pass rusher. He's right there with Khalil Mack when it comes to rushing the quarterback. So you pay him as such. And it's not one of the, believe me, over the years in sports, there have been players that have done a lot worse, as you well know, across the sports landscape that have been paid handsomely, where teams turn a blind eye to it. And they say, well, we know the player can do this, and we know he's healthy. Thumbs up. Pay him. Miles Garrett makes his first egregious mistake uh, on the field of play, and people think that he's a maniac. He's a he'll be a maniac if he does something like this again. People will wonder: Is there an issue? Does he have a screw loose? Is he just going nuts just because if he does it for a second time, or a third time, or a fourth time? Does he have anger issues? All those things will happen. All I know is that it was just one incident, and that will not that should not define him, and I will not define him as such. There's so many players that we see, that we watch on a regular basis as, as fans. And we believe these one percenters, these players that can do things that you and I can't do, are, are perfect. You and I are not perfect. Why are those players put in a position where they're perfect? 
we talk about them. Uh, sports should be talked about for me as a sports fan is about whether or not the player is good or bad, whether or not the team is good or bad. Is the t- is that player improving or uh, going in the wrong direction? That's just for me as a sports fan. You may look at it differently. I'm not telling you how to be as a sports fan. I'm just talking about me. But the, the idea that we can uh, psychoanalyze a player and look at that player based on one incident and define him as such is wrong to me. He is, that is not his career. That is an incident that happened in his career, and he deserves every bit of that. And I'll look on YouTube for that Rob Gronkowski hit. I, I vaguely remember that, and I'll look it up as we talk about this during the break. All right, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is our phone number. Uh, we are getting your take on the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. It, it looks like... It's not going to be a long-term deal. Sounds like it's going to be the franchise tag. Can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak as their quarterback long-term? We talk about it as we move forward here on First Take Your Take. Jonathan Hood in for Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Hello, this is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with GEICO? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. For businesses around the world, today isn't a restart. It's a rethink. That's why they're partnering with IBM to change how they work. From supply chains to customer service, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash smart to learn more. First take, your take on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, and also on Sirius XM Lady. I'm Jonathan Hood. I'm in for Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests are on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. 40-24, and 24, the quarterback record for Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. 97 touchdowns versus 36 interceptions, and he's been in the league since 2016. Uh, I'll take that for my quarterback on my team, a two-time Pro Bowler. I'll take that. The APU Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2016. Yeah, Dak Prescott is one of these upper echelon quarterbacks in the league that still has room to grow. All these quarterbacks have room to grow, except for Tom Brady, because he's the GOAT. Tom Brady, by the way, ended all those Gen X conversations about Montana versus Elway, who's better, who's best. And then here comes Brady just slaughtering everybody with his rings and all those championships with the New England Patriots. But when it comes to Dak Prescott... You know, Max Kellerman said it earlier on First Take Your Take. You know, he's like, well, the deal he's looking for is not going to be a deal that we have seen uh, with Patrick Mahomes. It didn't have to be. It didn't have to be. Mahomes earned the deal by winning a Super Bowl and being dynamic and running that offense to perfection for Andy Reid in Kansas City. I, I, we understand that the Mahomes deal is the ceiling. We, we know that. Now, Dak more than likely will not reach the ceiling. But it tells a great story over the next few years about how quarterbacks will be played. If the top of the top is Mahomes, then what is next as far as paying quarterbacks? Well, well, Dak will get his, but right now it seems likely it's just going to be the franchise tag. And that's no, and by the way, that's not bad either. Eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six is our phone number. Ken is in Pennsylvania with us on First Take Your Take on ESPN Radio. Hey, Kenny. Hey. Yeah, the um, it's a funny thing. My my son lives right outside of Dallas, so I go and visit him, and he shows me outside of the Dallas offices. There's a ring of honor out there. Barry Switzer's in it. 
Jimmy Johnson's not. As soon as Jimmy Johnson is in that ring of honor, remember Don Meredith told us Dallas Cowboys was God's team. That's why there was a hole in the, in the original stadium so he could watch. <laughs> right. God really likes Jimmy Johnson. Have you? Can you think of a human being that hasn't really had a much better life? I think God really likes Jimmy Johnson. As soon as Jimmy Johnson's in that ring of honor, Dallas Cowboys will win a Super Bowl. I love that. That's that's really that's an interesting point. Um, and you went back there a little bit. I, yeah, I, I thought about that original stadium that I grew up watching, and many of us did before Jerry World. It's really an interesting point. Um, I, it is petty for Jimmy Johnson to not be a bigger part of the Cowboys' circle, right? Because yeah, Jimmy Johnson won those Super Bowls, and and so did Jerry Jones. It was a a team effort. The idea that Jimmy Johnson is better known as a great college coach and other things doesn't make sense to me. That that should be a better relationship. That should be buttoned up for sure. I agree with that. Well, we thank you for listening to First Take, your take right here on ESPN Radio and also on ESPN News. Um, our thanks to Connor and James and uh, Shannon on the other side of the glass. Coming up, it'll be Stan Verrett and Neil Everett with ESPN Radio Afternoons. Thanks for listening and watching First Take, your take.